Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In a tiny apartment in Southern California, two college dropouts teamed up to start a watch brand that broke all the rules. With clean, innovative designs, unexpected colors, and unbeatable value, Movement became the fastest-growing watch brand in the world. Every bold, modern design is dreamed up at Movement's California headquarters. And now, everything is on sale for their ninth birthday celebration. You can save big with 25% discounts on watches, jewelry, sunnies, blue light eyewear, and more lifestyle essentials. And for the first time this year, Movement's best-selling, innovatively-made ceramic watches are on sale, too. Elevate your own look or give someone an amazing gift that won't break the bank. But looks like it did. There's never been a better time to join the movement. Get the best prices of the year with Movement's site-wide 25% off anniversary sale and enjoy free shipping, free returns, and a two-year guarantee on everything they make. Just go to MVMT.com. That's MVMT.com. The cans are out. The flat caps are on. Everton 5, Tottenham Hotspur 4, after the extra time, the Blues into the last days of the FA Cup. Oh my word, what a football match that was. Uh, and my heart was beating out my chest after Old Trafford on Saturday. Uh, I'm lucky not to be keeled over on the floor after that ridiculous game at Goodison Park tonight. Joining me to go through it all, Adam Sutton, who is assuming the Dave Downey role of the Yorkshire lad with his flat cap on, Rob Vera and Mark Mosey. Lads, Everton don't win football matches like that. Everton do not win games of football like that. We are so often the valiant losers or the team that's made fun of in those situations when there's nine goal, ten goal, whatever goal thrillers, and they've come through it tonight. Um, Ridiculous game. Adam, I'll come to you first, mate. Um, Just initial reaction to that before we get into the many, many things that happened in that game. But these lads in this team uh, deserve great credit, don't they? Yeah, I was. Um, my house has never looked so clean. <laughs> the duration of that second half and then extra time, I was going around scrubbing corners in my kitchen that I have never even seen, um, trying not to watch that football match, which is strange actually because probably one of the greatest games ever to have played in the FA Cup. Mm-hmm. One nil down, first five minutes, looking like we're going to get an absolute tonking. Then 
we're going into half time three one up, and then we're not going into half time three one three one up. Then we've won it second half. Then we've lost it second half, um, and then yeah, somehow Everton have have done something that Everton, as you say, never ever do. And uh, yeah, my heart is, is stopped. I think. Rose, what about you, mate? How are you feeling straight after that? No, don't, don't ask me to comment on that. <laughs> we're not seeing your instant reaction for Everton fans. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that I've had to live the last two hours means that I have gained the right not to ever talk about it ever again because that was as close to ketamine football as Everton football football ever get. That was ridiculous. As you rightly say, we never come out on top of those games. We don't even play those games. We're not exciting. I was fully bought in to the Carlo versus Jose tactical stalemate tonight. And I feel cheated that I've been uh, I've been robbed of it because what on earth has just happened on my television screen, I will never, ever be able to explain. Um, the, the only, the, the major shock is the fact that Everton were that team to, to go and get that goal through Bernard. I think through every single moment of the second half of normal time, and even at parts of the second half of in, of at the time when when Spurs weren't at their best, you just you expect the doom, uh, and the fact that it never came is, in my mind, the greatest shock of the evening. But I mean, I, I can't even say it's just nice to be in the hat because I haven't even thought about this competition <laughs> carrying on or football in general ever carrying on because I think we've we've pretty much peaked at, at sport and yeah, football tonight. football stop after that. What's the point? What yeah. is the point? Um, but yeah, I, I can't even think about the next fixture list and it would be FA Cup or Premier League. It was just one for the neutral. Yeah, Rob, talk me through it, mate. What's going through your head? Sorry, I need to set my timer for one minute so I don't talk too much. Ah, well, can we just, can we just give Carl a regular joy? So, uh, <laughs> can we just give some context to this? I said we should probably keep our points quite concise because, you know, those nine goals and quite a fair bit of incident to get through in that game. Matt, Matt has my time started yet? I just want to be clear on that. Um, well, so I'll say, say what you want. So here's how I, look, look, this, uh, I said, uh, I said, uh, I said on Twitter uh, as we headed into extra time that the road to winning a trophy is often paved with a weird game or two. And, I know sometimes, at least based on the the kind of the wave of angst that we as a fan base uh, is, seem to go through uh, emotionally uh, on my Twitter timeline for every one of these games, we we all want a really good game, but yet we don't. We want it to be boring and mistake-free and there never to be anything too dramatic. But, you know, sometimes it's going to be a messy shit fest of a game, but sometimes that messy shit fest is a high-scoring game. And uh, we don't win games like these, Matt, to your point. These are the kinds of games that we normally don't. And the fact that we have, I think, is a reflection of – a group as a whole that had lots of excuses or maybe you can say uh, points in the game where they could have allowed themselves to give up tonight and collectively decided with 30 minutes to go that no, we're, we've come too far in this. We're going to come, we're going to find a way to push forward and win the game. And so as anyone could have predicted five, four with Bernard getting the winner. I mean, I don't know why, what's so weird about that to everyone else, but no, I love winning. I love winning and I don't care how we win it, but we want it. I don't care how we win an FA cup game, especially a fifth round FA cup game. What even comes after the fifth round? I don't even think oh, I know anymore. So, what was it? 
Yeah, Which that was Brown Trophy is in the cabinet. <laughs> no, but a lot, so much to talk about. A lot of good things tonight. The biggest revelations for me, though, is that Richarlison looks like he. I mean, what what a time to come back alive, especially after Calvert Lewin went off. Uh, he he was great. Obviously, Tom Davis, the Corre. Uh, you know, they, they had some really good performances. Uh, the defense, the less said, the better. Uh, the, the set pieces look like Marco Silva era type stuff. But look, they're going to be weird games like that. Spurs have a lot of good players. Sometimes things are going to happen, but we won. And that's what's most important. Yeah, I think, I think for me, Adam, Rob mentioned it there. He's absolutely right that the most impressive part in the game from Everton for me was that extra time. Because you concede on, on, you know, I don't even know what it was, 85 did we concede to be 4-4 around about then. You think it, they've got Kane on the pitch, they've got a lot of the, the best attackers on the pitch. Dom's off for us, we're playing 6-4, I think, is our formation at, at that point. Um, you know, with, with Richarlison on the left. And, you know, it, it looked as though we'd settled for, for you know, what was the score then? I can't even think. 4-3 at the end of the end yeah. of 19 minutes. I can't even remember well, and- and that consider and consider what Spurs had on the bench compared to us going into extra time as well. Exactly. Unreal. And I, and I think for Everton, you know, Kane has that chance early on, does in extra time. But apart from that, Everton were, were pretty in control and pretty confident and created the better openings in, in extra time. And, if, and I think that more than anything says a lot about, probably says more about the mentality of this team under Angelotti than, than anything we've seen, you know, in the United game or the other comebacks we've had this season. In a game where you've not got your best striker on the pitch where you've just conceded again that late on and to go again and find a way through in those, those, those last 30 minutes, it's mightily, mightily impressive. I think one of the, the craziest thoughts I've got after that game is that our substitutes have made a massive difference, even though that subs bench is probably one of the, the worst we've had for many a season. Before that game, we look at it and think, well, there's only seven of them on there. Two of them are goalkeepers. And then you've got probably one attacking-minded player. He ends up scoring the winner. I thought Seamus Coleman was absolutely brilliant when he came on as well. Actually, he looked like someone who was down for the cause. And I think that epitomises Seamus Coleman. When the going gets tough, he's just always fancied the graft. And that's all it needed. It needed a quick one-two. It needed the, the, the simple stuff. I know we didn't do much of it when we were defending. But at the same time, that... that the extra time shows shackles were just off and Everton players are enjoying being in games like that whereas we would have keeled over and died as soon as that what third equaliser or whatever goes in <laughs> we'd seem to to push on then and, it, and it's that whether it is Ancelotti whether it is Everton fans not telling people to turn or give the ball or whatever is, is being put into this this group of players over the past however many months, it just seemed as though they fancied themselves, even though we didn't, they did. And that's that's massive. That It really is massive. It doesn't matter if we go and get beat 1-0 against Fulham on the weekend. We've got players in that squad who can have downs and their ups are just even better. And we're, we're starting to roll with the punches and take the good with the bad, but turn the average into the, the better. And, and that is so, so important for a team trying to shoot up a league. And I think it is down to that man sipping his coffee after the fifth. It's just oh, crazy. <laughs> That's just unbelievable, isn't it? What, what a moment that was. Just everyone's losing the plot. And he's like, oh, God, this is a bit too warm, actually. <laughs> Bovril. <laughs> Sorry, Mo's gone. No, I'm still not ready. 
<laughs> hey Matt, I, I want I wanted to go on from what Adam there. I think yeah. to, to kind of the original question and point you made, we don't win games like this historically because historically speaking, and when I say historically, I mean in recent history, we've had the kind of sides that made that made mistakes and then allowed those mistakes to become a second mistake and a third mistake and a fourth and so on. Now, don't get me wrong, we we conceded four in this game, but. I think I'm talking more overall about the the attitude that Adam's re referencing there. Um, that that this season, we whenever we've had a setback or a player has had a, a mistake in a, in in the game or missed like what we saw against United, where you know Calvert Lewin. You guys were talking about this earlier this week. Uh, Calvert Lewin misses what should have been a, a goal uh, before we go into halftime, and and all of these are the kinds of things that. In the past, we had the mentality in a lot of our players that would allow that mistake to kind of linger with them and affect them the rest of the way. And collectively with this group, uh, they're, they're not perfect, certainly, uh, but when they, they make mistakes or you know they, they, they have a little bit of adversity, they look at it as an opportunity to try and make up for it by doing something good, as opposed to letting it become a reason why they're going to continue to make mistakes or continue to fail. And, and that's, for me, it, that's all about the, the, the leadership and the philosophy and the tone and the attitude flowing uh, downward from, from the top. And that, that's all starting with Carlo Ancelotti because this is the improvement we've seen in that mentality is more from players that have been here for a while than anything else. I mean, as much as we have some new players that are in, it's seeing, it's seeing players that have been here during some of those bad times and who used to kind of, uh, you know, be crushed under the, the weight of these mistakes in the past, really be resilient. That's the difference. That's why we're better this season. Uh, you ready? Yeah, yeah, just about. Um, to, go, to go back to a couple of points that Adam made, the first one is that we absolutely get beat by Fulham on Sunday. I think that that's an important <laughs> point that we, uh, yeah. that we need to buy into now. Um, the attitude in, in cup games is probably something that's been brought up over the last few seasons as being slightly flippant from Everton players in particular. I think Everton fans have kind of bought into that as well in that the, the consolidation of 12th place has always been slightly more important than actually progressing in, in what we see as very important cup games. From the off tonight, I didn't get that at all. I thought the attitude was absolutely spot on. And as much as technically, uh, I think that the big thing that was getting picked up on, on the commentary over here, Rob, was, was giving the ball away in, in the middle of midfield and in important positions. That absolutely happened. And Tottenham absolutely had the, the technically gifted players who were able at picking that apart. To, to that extent, I thought that the ref, how I felt after the first 20 minutes was probably a little bit more chaotic than, than what I really should have been. It, it was a good Tottenham team picking us off in key areas and getting rewarded, obviously, early on with that goal. I, I always felt as though if, if we, if we kind of got out of that period, not too... I, I mean, don't get me wrong, the tie could have been well over after 25 minutes, but... If we were able to ride that wave and, and possibly get a couple of bits of good luck that we did later on in, in the first half, I think it was one of those halves, um, we, we were always going to kind of progress into the game and, and maybe not be picked off in a, in, a, in a naive way that we were in that first half. So I think the, the application was, was absolutely there from the players throughout the whole 120 minutes. Um, another great point that Adam made was Seamus Coleman coming on. I thought his... His ability to get into the flow of the emotional context of the game was, was, I think, what Adam was talking about in terms of just 
how he, he's so raw in terms of his attributes that you, you can almost not not necessarily to the technical capabilities that we talk about someone like Godfrey being able to put him in any situation and, and any position and being able to function. But I think at, at times there are games that are so crazy that it's important to have someone like Seamus Coleman on the pitch. And it, it's not necessarily because he settles everyone down because he, he doesn't really strike me as that type of character, but maybe he does inflame the whole situation at times when it's required, but but sometimes it is needed. It, it, it is that, that rocket up everyone's backside that only a character like him can can provide. And I think what, what we've got to balance people like that now and, and the raw passion and, and aggression that Seamus clearly has is people on the flip side of that, like an Adelaide Corey in the middle, who is just the consistent, unflappable runner in the middle. I mean... The guy is probably still legging it around the Goodison Park pitch now. I think he just absolutely didn't stop all night. But I think we've, we've got that contrasting character that only the FA Cup seems to buy into need. And, and it, it is, it's a strange competition in that as, as much as you try and take away the, the magic and obviously the fan element of it at the moment, it, it just manages to dig out these crazy games and these crazy situations. But I think that the character and the personality that we've spoken about so many times in recent weeks as being the foundation of Everton's good form and on our good run. It, it was all there tonight at, at varying points of the game. And I think it's just, it, it, it's almost a pinch yourself moment to look back at that game, enjoy it so much, but also actually be able to, to come out of it on the Victoria side, which, which we're obviously not used to. The response has been amazing since that Newcastle game. You know, when you think of the way we all down, we all went after that and, you know, sort of felt like it was going to lead to a bad run where we had some hard teams to come. It, it, it's been incredible. But I've just put on YouTube there, you know, people send the man of the match in because going to speak about some individuals now who were involved in the game. I, I, I'll come to you first on this one. I think it'd be remiss of me not to speak about him first because he made two massive errors, got three assists and scored the goal, but <laughs> killed his Sigurdsson tonight. Um, did he have a good game or not? Um, I don't know. No. <laughs> did, did anyone have a good game? I think like, he sums up the match, doesn't he, as a whole, really? Yeah, I, th I think, like, what, what constitutes as a good game in that game? Because no one did anything right, but then no one didn't do anything right. If, <laughs> if you want Guilty Sigurdsson to mark Davison Sanchez from a corner, all he did was face the other way and dangle his leg. If you want Gilfie Sigerson to look like the Gilfie Sigerson we all thought we were signing when he came to Everton for however many million, give him the ball in the number 10 on the half turn and he just does things. And it's crazy because it's just another example of how that game has just allowed people to be like that crazy element that, that Moses spoke of there. Like James Coleman is crazy, but he's like the craziest of crazy. You want people like that, and Guilty Sixton isn't crazy, but he's just gone crazy because he's got. <laughs> I'm going to do it here. I'm just going to play like I always want to play. I'm not going to do any defensive work. I'm not going to do any form of like slow passing, side to side pointing. I'm just going to go and play number ten like I do on FIFA or something. And that is exactly what he did. He scored the pen. He set up the other goals. Like it's just. I don't think he's bad of the match, but at the same time, like you, you can't really argue whether that he's made the biggest impact in the match. 
It's an exquisite pass for that fifth goal, isn't it? Unbelievable. Yeah, Unbelievable. Absolutely, you know, it's insanely good to be fair. You know, if is doing that, it's probably the first thing we speak about on the show, to yeah. be fair. But yeah, you know, I suppose, like, like I said, Rob, I suppose in some aspects, you know, the fact that we're, we're talking about a player who scored, scored one and got three assists and whether he had a good game or not is, is quite indicative of the type of football match we saw tonight. Sure. I mean, I, I, I have a hard time trying to analyze someone like Gilfie within the context of a game like this, because on the one hand, I'm, I'm saying, hey, how great is it that we have the kind of squad that can bounce back from mistakes and, and still find a way through um, and then totally bag on Gilfie. I Look, Gilfie, Gilfie will be ultimately judged for his body of work. And we can, I think we could probably all agree that given the the price and, and the years that he's been at Everton, it's, it's not been enough for, for the expenditure and all those things, whatever. But in the context of this game, I think that, that he obviously had some great moments of quality. And, um, you know, I, I don't know what was going on with the set pieces. I, I, I tend to think that it's beyond, like, obviously Sigurdsson is, is in focus for those two goals. Uh, I think Keane was, was a little poor on the first one. And then, uh, and then Sigurdsson is, of course, not really at Adam's point, <laughs> the kind of guy you expect to be marking in, in that, that particular scenario. So I, I don't know if systematically there was something going on with our, our mar zonal marking setup tonight, but you know, Spurs looked like a threat the entire night uh, from every set piece. But, but in regards to Sig Sigurdsson, Look, um, we are not the kind of side that has just a bunch of perfect players. They've got flaws, and and sometimes uh, you're going to get a little bit of that. And maybe at the end of this match, it's as simple as he contributed to four goals for us, and really contributed heavily to two goals against us. And and ultimately, uh, when you win the game, uh, you can kind of laugh off these kind of one-off sort of games as anomalies. And to your point, Matt, uh, the response since Newcastle has been really good, but all of it's on a knife's edge. You know, how how differently are we talking about things right now if Calvert-Lewin doesn't score that last gasp, uh, you know, uh, uh, leveler at, at United, and then this game could have easily gone either way. But uh, th that's, the, that's the entire point. Good teams find a way, and Everton have continued, at least this season, to generally either find a way or if they do struggle, they don't allow those struggles to, to last too long. And, and Gilfie is part of that, I guess you could argue as a microcosm of that tonight, but um, there, to Adam's point there, I, I don't know that anyone had a, a perfect performance tonight, but there were certainly so many good things, uh, especially when you, you know, like, like we talked about with the and Davis, especially um, their kind of grit and determination sort of led the way, but um, yeah, I, I don't even, I feel like I could write 10,000 words on a game like that and not even really come close to, to nailing what that felt like watching it. <laughs> I think that the problem with Sigurdsson is that we, we all know where we see the best of him and we all know where he wants to play. In my mind, his sole desire is to be involved in the kind of pretty intricacies of the game around the edge of the 18-yard box. Um, and when you when you play a relatively flat midfield three with usually three pretty expansive attacking midfielders, uh, excuse me, attacking players ahead of him, we're asking we're asking a little bit more than that. And I think if it solely was to be that sort of classic number ten, which I think we're all agreed now is probably the only position that we can really see him excelling in. It, he he is capable of doing the things we've seen tonight, scoring goals and and playing that that pass that potentially no one else in our team sees. 
I think the the major flaw that we've seen tonight, and and this has been building for for years in his game, is that he desperately hides from play at important times. Um, he's got no real hunger to be involved in the game at any point up until thirty yards out from goal. That that is fine for someone who wants to play in behind a striker in that number ten position. And it, it seems ridiculous now to be to be picking these negative elements out of. A performance that statistically will will match up to some of the best that we have this season. But the, the the character that we spoke about earlier on is, for me, everything we see from Sigurdsson generally in his game and in particular in the two defensive moments tonight, it's the antithesis of what this squad's good form has been built along recently and what the foundation of a classic FA Cup win is. I mean, there's nothing there's nothing routine about about anything tonight. But I think that the character and the personality that we've spoken about in this squad of late of I go back to people like Ben Godfrey and Mason Holgate and, and it, even the other two centre-halves in Keane and Mina who technically weren't great tonight the, there's a sense of reliance and responsibility about them in terms of I, I, I go back to defensive set plays because as, as ludicrous as tonight was recently there's been a feeling of watching Everton defending free kicks and corners with of just general calm because we've got the men in there who want to be involved in putting everything in front of the ball, being that big character in the middle that means that your team doesn't concede a goal. On the back of conceding four tonight, everything I'm saying is going out the window here. But <laughs> to personify the issue, when you see people like Gilfie Sigerson not even facing the ball, showing no real desire to challenge for that, I get it. He's an attacking midfield player. We don't really want to see him there. But if the manager's asked you to mark Davinson Sanchez in front of the goalkeeper, then you, you've kind of got to do it. Um, and you can point the finger at Ancelotti if you like and say, well, why are we, why are we doing this? But unfortunately, he's part of a, what is, in theory, a solid midfield three. Uh, it, it's, it's the classic guilty question of where does this lad fit in? And, and on paper, he probably doesn't in a, in a lineup like tonight. But I think if you, if you put him in the right areas, then, then clearly you're going to get going to get the rewards from him uh just ask you for the man of the match on uh the comments let's just quickly rattle through some of these uh uh tom davis and decore uh decore tom davis is a close second um a lot of people from columbia cheers for tuning in and watching really appreciate it um jermaine genius is apparently fuming on on bt so fine <laughs> holding the rebirth of tom davis brilliant martin d sigurdsson davis uh, Arsenal fans as well, <laughs> Chris Jones, Tom Davis. Um, we'll speak about the, the midfielders then, Ad, because you know, I mean, t- take your pick on them too, mate. Because Decore, as we mentioned, was was you know tireless in his running, but I, I think Tom, I, I'd say that that's if not his best game for Everton, certainly his best game since that that four against Manchester City. Just just magnificent tonight, and a, a fourth from that deep position, he used the ball really well, drove the team forward, and the the best bit of his entire display was winning that free kick in the 120th minute on the edge of our own box. So we could all just sit back, have a deep breath and think, what are we going to be drinking when we come on this post-match and <laughs> reflect on this mad game? Yeah, um, I can't say I saw that, actually. I was cleaning so- cleaning something in the upstairs bathroom or whatever. Um, but usually, like, I'm his, I'm his biggest fan. I think me and Mo's are probably up there for, yeah, Abdelide Decore fan group um, ownership. But, like... I am possibly Tom Davis, one of Tom Davis's big critics, and he's got a lot. And I think he really 
I, sometimes I think he isn't a footballer. He doesn't look like a footballer. And I don't mean look as in his hair and his socks and that. He can do what he wants with that. That doesn't bother me. I just mean the way that he plays football sometimes. He doesn't help himself at all. He doesn't utilise what he has got. And, and what he has got is he's got the ability to turn. He's got the ability to to back himself into players, to, to find himself in corners and, and get out of corners. And he did everything to do with, with those qualities and more tonight. He, he got the ball and he knew what he was going to do before he even got it. And that's something you never associate with Tom Davis. You associate Tom Davis basically running out of time very quickly in a, in a situation where he could be dispossessed or giving the ball away because he's absolutely telegraphed it because he's run out of other options because he's taken too long to pick one of those options. But it just looked like it was everything that you wanted in a, in a the base of a diamond, a midfielder. And, and, and he did exactly that. He, the way he, he grabbed hold of the ball off the centre-halves or he picked up the pieces in the midfield, it, it's just like, absolutely incredible. And, and, and the crazy thing is, I'm sure a lot of people will be saying, calling for Alan to come back into the team, but you've got to shoe on Tom Davis into that 11 at the moment. And it, it's crazy to say that. It's coming out of my mouth. My mates will absolutely have me for having that uh, <laughs> for having that opinion because I haven't had that opinion of him ever. And as you say, kind of came of age tonight. And, and it's amazing because he needs to be and he can be everything that Evertonians want. That scouser, the real... He's not a footballer in a way that he doesn't act. And we, I've spoke about it many times, that robot-like persona yeah. when he speaks is just like, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying every time that you, you ask the question. He's a real, he's, he's, he's a lad who's living the dream and he personified exactly what it means to play in the FA Cup for Everton tonight and he was absolutely outstanding, seriously. And, and I feel like I might be going over the top, but I'm not because every time I'm thinking of him in that game tonight, Every time there was nothing bad, you know, he does something, you go, Tom, and you you, you drop your head because you think he's, he's done something bad here. I can think of once he give the ball away, but that, that second half, an extra time, he was head and shoulders above any of those Tottenham midfielders, and they are top, top players, top players. I think what I think what we do, uh, the, you know, the only I think Tom Davis has been really good lately, um, Andre Gomez has been really good lately. Um, decorey has been good all season. Um, um, Allen, before he got injured, obviously was really good. Uh, we, we, we suddenly have options in midfield that, um, that, that I don't think any of us fully expected to have on some level. But I think the one thing I would say about Tom Davis is that the most unfair thing we do to him is we, we kind of frame any discussion of him as, he was, he was so awesome tonight and he's arrived and this is it. And we finally, he's going to be a star and all this stuff. I mean, to me, the biggest revelation of Tom Davis this season is that he's gone from a complete afterthought to being someone who has become a really solid contributor and that there's nothing wrong with that. And by the way, a solid contributor is a guy who can come in and have an outstanding game like he did tonight. Tom Davis, for him to be a success for us, to be key for us, to be, um, someone who can make his way at Everton does not have to become a world football superstar. And I wish that we wouldn't put that on him. I feel like we're always trying to carry this mantle from one player from, from, from Liverpool to another, whether it's, you know, the way we talk about Ross Barkley or what have you and, and, and onto Tom Davis, but 
Tom Davis was outstanding tonight. I've loved seeing the player that he's become this season. I'm really encouraged by it, but I also would like to see a whole lot more before I, I want to heap onto him this huge burden of, of either needing to be a nine or a 10 or else he's crap. I, I, I would like to just recognize uh, and, and applaud Tom Davis for the progress that he's made uh, from going uh, of going from a guy that most of us, uh, Mark, I know you and I are in this camp too, have said should go out on loan, should go get some playing time somewhere to someone that, that Carlo has found a way to develop into a, a very, very reliable, suddenly a very reliable piece uh, that can play uh, when, when, when other players are out. Um, to, to Adam's point, yes, he absolutely forces his way into the discussion. But I think that it would probably be unfair uh, to say that that um, you know that, that Gomez hasn't done some of that lately himself to a degree. Um, Allen played really well for most of the season as well. But that's what you want. You want competition in those spots, and I think that that's bringing out the best in all of them. And I, I, I'm not I, I'm not really worried about you know kind of christening Tom Davis at this point. But I what I really want to make sure and say is that he was fantastic tonight. He's been really good lately, and if we, he can continue uh, to perform at this level, then you're talking about a player given his age that you can start to have conversations about in terms of taking that next step forward. I'm just glad that when he goes shit again, we won't just have to talk solely about that Man City game a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll always have tonight. <laughs> we'll always have this one as well. Yeah. Uh, no, he was he was fantastic. I, I found myself late, later in the game at, at varying stages willing him to shrug other Everton players off the ball because I, I felt that that sort of responsibility that he was taking on, I felt calm when he had the ball. And that has been my eternal criticism of Davis, in particular in danger areas on the edge of our own 18-yard boxes, that his ball retention is poor, he gives the ball away in sloppy positions, and it more often than not leads to pretty dangerous attacks from the opposition. There was very little of that tonight. And as I say, later on in the game, it, it, it filled me with calm to see him pick the ball up and maybe just drop a shoulder and go past someone and offload it simply or by a cheap foul like he did later on. All of these important things that we would automatically heap praise on someone like Richarlison, for example, for doing. Just having that nous to do the right thing at the right time. And as basic as that sounds, Davis has is, is definitely not been someone who's been capable of doing that. I think what he... The best version of Tom Davis for me is the one that allows the other midfielders to not worry about all of the jobs that Davis does. And if that means that Andre Gomez can play with a little bit more flair at Old Trafford or Abdelai Decore can just focus on bombing up and down the pitch and not necessarily worry about that pivot job that he's trying to fill in for Alain for. That is Davis's role to allow other team to allow other players the freedom to go out and do those sorts of things. I think the next step for Davis, other than obviously consistency in the side, would be I, I still don't see him as a midfielder who is capable of performing well for the team on an independent basis. And what I mean by that is that it, I always feel as though he, he, he performs well when the entire unit around him performs well. And I know that is an obvious thing to say, but... To, to play well alongside Gomez at, at Man United when the whole of the midfield looked good. He played well alongside Decore, who also looked fantastic. The the next step for me would be, well, do you know what? The, the team hasn't been great today and, and we are having a poor performance, but 
I'm going to be the one who takes that step. And and I appreciate that that is probably a, a few games down the line here, but it, it, it seems as though he, he plays well when the entire setup is playing well. It's it's the, the exact thing that we said about Michael Keane last season is that it, it's great when everything around him is so solid and, and so functioning so perfectly, but on an independent basis, would he be capable of doing that when everything else around him is not going well? And I think that that's the next major test for him and, and the, the test that central midfield play in general has for, for every player in that position. But I think just to see, as Rob said, the, the progress from someone who I think even his most avid fan would say that Carlo Ancelotti had, had totally lost trust in this player just a handful of games ago. Uh, and to see him just there as a squad player, we we talk eternally on this podcast about depth. And if Tom Davis is someone who is able to offer us quality in depth, maybe not necessarily to the extent of a decore or an alarm. It, it's all vital in terms of where we are in the league now and also where we want to be in terms of challenging right at the top and right in the mix of, of a European competition as well. So fair play to the lad because I think myself and a few others really didn't think he had this in him but if this continues then I'll be a change man yeah absolutely yeah I think, I think there's a bit of that for him tonight I think there were times where we were struggling and he sort of drove yeah. us forward and got on it and, and helped it tick over a little bit so yeah I just thought he was absolutely fantastic tonight great performance so just a couple more points before we wrap up a lot of people in the comments shouting about uh, Richarlis and a lot of people in the comments Shouting about Bernard. Adam, I'll come to you on Richarlison first, mate. And I know Rob wants to speak about Bernard as well before we finish. Uh, but a bit more like it tonight, wasn't it? Two two great finishes, to be fair. And maybe goals that we shouldn't forget about in amidst the, the carnage of the, the eventual result and the, the overall football match. Yeah, it was that. It was it was raw. And it was exactly what Richarlison has, has made his way into the, the Everton fans' good books really over the years and, and he's had a dip in form and, and we've said it numerous times that he, he's earned that dip in form because he has been so good when when everyone else hasn't been good um, and, it, and it, it showed and, it, and he tweeted didn't he a couple of weeks ago now a picture of him looking upset and he just he just hasn't been himself and, and tonight he just become everything that we want him to be this season and it seems strange actually I know he scores the first one when Calvert-Lewin is on the pitch, but it seemed as though when, when Don went off, he was like, right, well, there's no one else here that's going to drag us to this victory. I'm going to have to do it myself. And he did. And it, and it was like the pressure that he may have been buckling under over the, the course of this season actually was something that he thrived on. And the, the second one is like incredible. And one of the lads in, in my group chat said, like, it looks like it's hit one of the backboards at the Gladys Streets. It's gone that wide. And he's like, gone with his left and, and he's curled it somehow out, outside of the post and it stayed inside the post and, and you can look at Lloris for a couple of the goals actually but I'm sure we won't get the plaudits for, for the attack and football that we had, that we did tonight and your BT Sport will be focusing very much so on how bad Tottenham were Apparently that's like, the case yeah, genius, like I said it's, it's not happy with Spurs but, but when he gets the ball in certain situations Richarlison he just doesn't think, and that's exactly what you need in games like that. You need players who are going to just drive at defences. And as decent as Tottenham are as a unit, I think those two centre-halves are just so get-attable. And he did that in that in that period where it was just him. And everyone looked towards him. And I think sometimes maybe he's fallen victim of Dominic Havilland being so good 
there is another focal point for Everton now that Everton are building themselves around. I and mean, Richarlison may have been pushed to the wayside slightly there. Don't get me wrong, he's not being great himself. But at the same time, when he's the main man tonight, he is the main man tonight. And it's so good to see. We just need to see it as a, a front three or him and Dom do it together because it's been one or the other for a couple of seasons now. And when them two start firing together, it will be scary. Yeah. Uh, Rob, as well, you said you want to speak about Bernardo. Thank God we didn't sell him, mate. Yeah, oh, of course. A masterstroke <laughs> by Marcel Brands to uh, pull the, the wool over the, you know, uh, what was it, a Saudi club that wanted to buy him? No, what I think we'd be remiss without addressing just in general how beautiful all the goals we scored were tonight. I mean, even Guilty's penalty was really nice. Richarlison's goals were great. Cal- that's the best Calvert-Lewin goal I've seen in a long time in terms of just you know, the skill and, and even just from how far away he was compared to where he normally is, which that doesn't really matter to me, but Bernard's goal was, was really good. And I, I think what was interesting is if you want to look at a microcosm of, of the difference between us and Spurs tonight, especially in that extra time period, you think about the two, the two respective situations of both Bernard and Deli Ali, um, both of whom are kind of been in this in this position where the, the writing is kind of on the wall for their long term future at both clubs. But, you know, the real credit to Bernard. I, he came on and it, he wasn't perfect all the way around. But but again, he, he stayed in it. He stayed, uh, you know, connected to the game. And and when he got his opportunity, he buried it. Uh, he had the game winning goal and what will be remembered for a long time as is one of the potentially kind of classic games. I don't even know that we've had enough time to really process it yet, but I think that if you can, if we've got the kind of squad where a guy like Bernard, who has become largely an afterthought has the strength of character to come on, affect, uh, affect the game, make a difference and score the game winner. I think that says a lot about, about this group of men. And, and I, I'm, I'm made up for Bernard. I know it hasn't been easy. And, and, and obviously he is, certainly more of become more of a, a luxury piece if you will but hey given given how ridiculous that bench was tonight I think we all looked at it and said well Bernard's probably about the only thing we can bring off the bench and and lo and behold he and uh, as, as Adam mentioned before even Coleman really contributed tonight in ways that were completely unexpected so yeah this game was wild I, I know I'm going to be talking about it tomorrow on kickabout but I just I, I, do, I don't even feel like we've even scratched the surface and we've probably spent almost an hour talking about this <laughs> absolutely yeah just quickly recap some of the comments before we come to you Moses, and i finish you off uh, the, 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 the best one I've got to say is someone uh, saying on to David Beckham in the flat cap there uh, Adam <laughs> Adam Sutton is uh, Chris Chris McNutt saying uh, is that David Beckham in the beard <laughs> I, mean, I mean I know Everton have got through tonight mate and Dramatic fashion, but that, that must be the highlight of the season for you. How pissed is Christian McNutt here, do you reckon? <laughs> How many bevies can you have in 120 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> Christian, you're a legend, mate. Good job the door shut, because my beard would not be allowing me to be called that in any way, shape or form. <laughs> uh, just some more. Uh, Anakin saying, Carlo blowing on the coffee when the goal went in, brilliant. Uh, Carla likes coffee, final thoughts. Uh, Cole Costello, Bernard could be the Amakachi of 2021. Uh, <laughs> at 15 corners. No wonder we can see the four goals. <laughs> hey, not a bad percentage. The watch is for unlucky Harry Kane, you meet Ed. Um, you when's, know, when's the draw, by the way? 
I don't know. Well, that, that's what I was going to come up. I mean, are you, you arsed to get after that, Mose? You know, it's just not City, ideally, I think, isn't it? That's that's where mm-hmm. I'm chat with it. But as long as we get knocked out in a boring 1-0, I'll be happy. I can't do that again. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, we've. I think it's been relatively favourable so far, hasn't it? In terms of in terms of home draws, I think that, that's all we ever ask for. Obviously, av- avoiding Man City and Liverpool is is probably the mantra of of every single weekend in this sport. Is that you, you don't want to come up against those sides? But I don't know if if the FA Cup showed me anything tonight is that the the, the games are just ridiculous. I mean, if if the shackles are let off to the extent that we've seen tonight, then it doesn't really matter on the opposition. You might as well just all gather around in the centre circle, flip a coin, and just be done with it. Because if it means that we don't have to don't have to go through 120 minutes of that again, then then I'm all for it. But just to just to touch on what the lads were saying about Richarlison, I think it only it only went to cement our thoughts that the lad just lives to be in front of goal. And it, it shows you. The frustration that I felt in the, what, 45 minutes was it that he played centrally? He's been feeling that for weeks on end. It, it, you could see the, the pickup in energy and, and the pressure he was putting on, on the back four as soon as he moved centrally. It was like he was totally reinvigorated. He's got absolutely no right to dig that ball out for that goal. I mean, how that happened is, is ludicrous. But I think the... The ironic nature of him being there in a central position was it was obviously the DCL sub, but I think the the idea behind bringing Calvert Lewin off at that stage, I mean, he looked semi comfortable to me when he when he was coming off. It it certainly wasn't in, an injury that you thought we're going to be without him for months, and, and we hope that that is obviously not the case. But I think the fact that we were probably a little bit cautious with bringing him off is a reflection of the fear of losing him for long terms. Um, I think that the only the only real negative from an attacking point of view tonight is that, if anything, it just highlighted that frailty that, that is clearly there if something dreadful was to happen to one of these players. But I think for, for all of the question marks that we've asked, be it Moyes Keane, Tosin, a new player coming in, who is going to be that person to, to, to carry the mantra when Calvert-Lewin is not there? It is so obviously Richarlison, and if that leaves us a little bit, a bit, little bit light out wide, then, then so be it. Because people like Bernard can come in and, and do a job, um, and I, as much as it weakens our eleven, I don't feel as though it weakens our most poignant attacking threat, our furthest player forward, and be it Calvert Lewin or Richarlison, Evan have got a, a real mix of attacking dynamics there, and the most exciting element of them, as, as kind of Rob alluded to earlier, was playing them both together. It, it would be great to see a sort of classic 4-4-2 and, and the two of them absolutely terrorising a, a central defensive partnership. But yeah, it, it, it's certainly a worry and, and something that, unfortunately, given our business in the market, it, it, it's a worry that eventually was always going to crop up, but we probably weren't expecting it in the two weeks, two weeks following the transfer window closing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just say the highlight of my show has been since Adam got that David Beckham comment. He's just been trying to stifle a smile throughout the entire mm-hmm. thing. You can just <laughs> see on his face, it just creeps off the corner of his mouth every few seconds, thinking, "Oh my God, someone's going to get me to golden balls." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing at that. I'm laughing at a couple of the other comments. Some of them can tell we've won tonight. Some fantastic, fantastic goings on in, in the YouTube comments, and yeah, it's so good to be in this type of mood. And, and as we have spoken about so many times on this show, 
this show alone, like we just don't win games like that. And to win a game like that just gives everyone a boost. And I know football can can be such a horrible thing to be a part of because sometimes when you want to walk away, you can't. You're back and <laughs> Most shut up, man. <laughs> but at, at like a time at a time like this, Everton winning and being decent just makes the hard stuff a little bit easier and it's just absolutely amazing and yeah if people are having a good time comparing me to David Beckham or oh David, you were having a great time look at you David Bentley I reckon <laughs> you've definitely texted all of your mates that, oh, so, someone's just told me can you believe it what are they like C- Christian McNutt is my cousin actually um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Right, we'll leave we'll leave it there. The final word from Bex on a on Everton's five four with Bex. Four in the FA Cup over Tottenham. Uh, the draws tomorrow. Who cares? Uh, we'll have a weekly show tomorrow, as well as six o'clock back here on YouTube. If you're watching us, that um, was a podcast. Uh, it's it's amazing. I, I can't promise that that we'll have Adam back on again for some eye candy, but we'll try and rope him in soon. I'm sure the offers will come flowing in after this tonight, mate. So. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you stick with us over the next, oh, year. next hey year. Adam next time it's shirts off buddy sure. <laughs> Rob, oh you, do, you do not want to see my lockdown stomach being shown on a YouTube live numbers will go through the roof yeah. <laughs> numbers will go through the roof and get a strike as well <laughs> there we go uh, but yeah as ever as we always say uh, if you want more Everton stuff at the moment why not come and join us on Patreon <laughs> try not to laugh patreon.com slash the Blue Room more Everton God multiple, multiple Everton shows every single day we need about five shows to analyse that football match uh, we'll have stuff tomorrow morning tomorrow night looking ahead to that Fulham game and like I said the weekly tomorrow night as well so come and join us for all that thanks very much to Ad to Rob and to Moe's for joining us here on this very late instant reaction. What a night for this football club. What a great set of lads and what a manager these are uh, for us at the moment. Really bringing a smile to our face. But thanks very much for listening. Thanks very much for watching. And we'll speak to you again soon here on the Blue Room. Oh, lads, love that so much. Nice. Honestly, someone, someone's just called me the Dole Beckham. <laughs> <laughs> the Dole? Beckham, do they know how dull Beckham is? No, the, the, the dull, the dull, oh, what people are on, like if they're not got a job. Oh my god! Oh, I don't know that word. I guess. Oh god! Oh, Quickly get on. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have done that. That's the first time I've ever like looked at the comments while like the things going on. I am in fucking bits here, you know. Hey, Matt, can I just say you've got competition for hair from Adam? Look at that! Look at that man of dreadful. Absolutely. Andre Gomez looking helmet of hair he's got. Stop it now. Stop it. Come on. I'm going to go to bed. It feels like a month ago when you chased it all off. Yeah. I've had. Yeah. on the side and you could play for Leeds. Don't shave your head. Adam, don't shave your head. That's offensive to people like me. I just want you to know. You know what? I think it was. It wasn't even like six months ago I had a skin fade and a number two on top. And I just thought, you know what? I'm going for it. And you know. I'll take the fucking doll Beckham all day. Like, I am never cutting my hair again. Have you seen, have you seen, have you seen the comments, David? Beckham will be having posh tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Golden balls. McNulty, yeah, you top off, lad. He's busy moving into Miami. <laughs> Damn, he's so hot. I'm fucking loving this. Oh. 
All right. Hey, do we is Calvert Lewin's injury serious? Does it, do we oh, think? Too early to say. Paddy's reported. Hmm. Okay. So, hmm. Oh my god. Hey, you know what though, Mark? <laughs> to your point, like Richarlison getting a run at, at striker is maybe not the worst thing for him. I think yeah, it's great for him. But I mean, if if Wilfred Zaha was coming in on that left wing, I'd have no issues, Rob. I mean, clearly, I Z- look. We're all going to be looking at the Zaha shaped hole. That, let's that go live again. Let's go live again for this. Well, they scored that goal. Bernard scored twice. Yeah. Right, I need to upload that anyway. Lads, <laughs> enjoy that. Thanks very much. Good night, guys. Cheers, fellas. Right. Cheers, Max. Dear gas prices, go take a hike. Toyota is the number one retail brand for electrified vehicles for 22 years. The Toyota hybrid lineup brings efficiency with power and savings with style. Not to mention top tech to help keep you connected. Plush premium interiors and the most advanced Toyota safety features. So, now you know who you're talking to. Toyota, the number one retail brand for electrified vehicles for 22 years. With a hybrid or electric vehicle built for every driver. Seriously, dear gas prices, do you really think you can stand in our way? Think again. Toyota hybrids. Find yours at toyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Based on manufacturer estimates, see why 2000 through 2021 sales. Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.